Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is Stacey Hall, and I'm joined here by Brenda Weiner. Hi, Brenda. Hello, Stacey. Hello to everyone. It is our joy to provide the third big bonus to those of you in the Achieve Success in 60 Days or Less program. And today in the third bonus, we've decided that it's most likely that a few of you, if not all of you, have, are encountering the same issues that Brenda and I had when we were first introduced to the energy surgeons. And so we've decided that we would love to share with you the challenges we face in the event that can be of value to you and share with you how we then supported each other in using the energy surges to break through those blocks and to be able to continuously achieve our goals as fast as is perfectly possible to move them from seeding to sprouting to blooming with the greatest ease. So, Brenda, let's take a look at the list that we, as we reviewed it together this morning. And let's see, we have procrastination, the fear of success, which is often disguised as the fear of failure, feelings of being overwhelmed, feelings of shoulds, letting other people and children come first, before ourselves and changing goals, like not being able to stay focused on one goal and then letting that shut us down because we think we should. So it's kind of back to the should experience. So is there anything else, Brenda, that you want us to explore together today? Well, right now that list sounds great. And I think that in our conversation, we may spark something else for each other um, and the group as well. So I think there might be a few surprises that we are able to throw in um, as we go through our conversation. Beautiful. Love that. Okay. Um, Well, let's begin and not procrastinate any longer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Let's start with procrastination. So I buy a program, and I've got to be honest, that there are lots of programs that in the moment seem like a good idea, like I could really use it right now, and then I don't actually get started. I save it. I say I'm going to come back to it. And... In when I'm just going to say at this point, I now schedule for success. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment. So I don't actually procrastinate any longer. And I know there was a time when I thought I was procrastinating. Brenda, did you ever think you were a procrastinator at some point in your life? Well, I actually, yes, I knew I was a procrastinator. What I didn't realize is that the other side of procrastination for me was my perfectionism. (laughs) So um, now that I've recognized the perfectionism tendency, uh, that that is what tends to get me into the procrastination mode. So, for example what you just talked about, buying a program and then procrastinating. One of the reasons I procrastinated was, well, I don't have enough time to get into the program and do it perfectly. And so I'm going to just wait a little while longer. That was a scenario that would happen for me a lot until I learned the energy surge and specifically um, the second energy surge of do it your way any way you can. So that has really, really helped me with getting over that perfectionism, which then in turn created the procrastination. 
Okay. Well, I love that. So procrastination can actually be perfectionism in disguise. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I resemble some of that. I know that that was probably true for me at a certain point, knowing how I was raised and that if I was going to do something, it had to be done right the very first time, even if I'd never, you know, if I'd never done it before, how could I make it perfect the very first time? So it was like a crazy-making experience in my head. But then there's also the... I'm going to get around to it. It doesn't feel right right now. I'm going to do it at some point. And I'm going to say that procrastination can actually be a should disguised as procrastination as well. So we may be touching on the shoulds a lot more during this call than any of the others. So the perfectionism, Brenda, how you said you used energy surge number two. I'd love to know how you used energy surge number two. Do it your way any way you can to get past the perfectionism part of procrastination. Well, for me, it was a big part of just giving myself permission and, um, you know, learning words like play, explore, discover really went hand in hand for me with doing it my way any way I could because that gave me the space to say, oh, well, I'm going to explore how I might use this program to move me closer to this goal or I'm going to experiment with how this program could be of support to me in, um, you know, building a better um, relationship with my husband and, and increasing my communication skills with him. It didn't really matter what goal I was focused on. Learning to be able to give myself permission to just play, explore, and discover was huge. And and those three words were really key to that. And then when I learned energy surge number three, tending to your goals, I then could give myself permission to say, okay, and look at my where I was in my goal or in the process of moving towards my accomplishment of my goal and say, well, I'm in the seeding stage right now or I'm in the sprouting stage or the blooming stage, realizing that there are multiple stages to the process in achieving my goal or in achieving the results of a solution that I'm implementing were huge. Fantastic. And so for me, the the shooting part was I didn't really want to do it. It wasn't procrastination. It was I didn't really want to do it, whatever it was. Thought it was going to be a good idea, or maybe I didn't when I made the commitment to do something. You know, it can be, honestly, sometimes going to the post office is something I don't want to do. And yet I've told somebody I would mail something for them or to them because I wanted to do that part. But then going to the post office just doesn't feel good. So (laughs) what do I do in that situation? What energy surges? Well, the first is for me is self-accountability. What do I choose to count on myself for? And I do it without judgment. And that's the challenge at the beginning is it's not I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. It's not that. It's in this moment, what do I choose to count myself for? What's going to move me closer towards my be-all? and further away from my deal. So let's say it is about going to the post office. What I want to send is going to move me closer towards my deal. When the person receives it, it's going to help them do something that's going to move me closer towards my deal. So yeah, I want them to receive it. And the only way to get it to them is via mail. Okay, so I... I'm committed to having it mailed. Now, is it in my highest and best use of my time? 
to go to the post office to mail it. Is that something I could ask my husband to do the next time he's out? Because he has no problem going to the post office. Is it something I want to hire an assistant to do for me periodically? That's how I break down whatever it is. Like if I notice that I'm not getting something done, I don't go to that I am a procrastinator, cancel, clear, concede, confess, contain that, with which words. It's there's something telling me that a part of this activity is not going to move me closer towards my be-all. Let's take a look at it. So, Brenda, is this making sense at all? Absolutely. And um, I just had a situation this morning where I had a call scheduled with um, someone, and it was, and I have a goal of personal self-care. And it became clear that in order for me to keep my accountability to my personal self-care this morning, that it was going to require a few minutes more. And so I had a choice. I could skip, you know, I could shorten up my personal care or I could, um, you know, make a powerful request um, using energy surge number five and harmoniously powerful agreements and ask for um, a change in in the schedule for just a few minutes. And, um, and it was beautiful. So, yeah, in the past, I would have been shitting on myself going, well, I've got to do both. <laughs> and there was physically no, not enough time to be able to do it. So, yeah, I totally get what you're talking about, Stacey, with the post office and, and that process. I love that you shared the actual thoughts that go through your head. That's, that's really beneficial. Thank you. Um, and, and I was kind of in my head, so I wasn't sure if it was coming out clearly or not. But, so, and... Let's say, let's apply it to achieving success in 60 days or less. Let's say somebody in the group is feeling like they've been procrastinating, participating. Well, is it really procrastination? Or is it perfectionism that they think that once they start, that they then must... um, do everything. Like, it isn't okay to just listen to one recording and let that be enough for a while. They think that once they start, then they're going to have to do the whole program and they can't see themselves doing the whole program but it feels overwhelming, so there comes the overwhelm. And so they put off starting at all. It could be part of that. Or, it can, or that could also look at the perfectionism part, right, Brenda, that you brought in. Yes. But or, it could also be, oh, please, go ahead. I was just going to say, or it could be, in my case, um, there are some goals that I've set for myself that I really, really desire to achieve, and yet I have this fear of failure. Like, what happens if I don't get there? <laughs> what happens if I don't accomplish it? Yeah, yeah. There's, so we're going to talk about that fear of success, fear of failure for sure here in just a moment. Um, but staying with this perfectionism piece as well, there's this yeah. last part of is it going to move me closer or further away from my be-all? And that's really the self-accountability part, the personal accountability Do I choose to count on myself to use this program to move me closer towards my be-all or further away? And there is, that's not judgment. That's what feels best to me in this moment. Absolutely. Yep. So... Just anybody who thinks that you might be procrastinating, give it up. It probably is going to fall into one of these other categories. So let's talk about, at this point, the fear of success disguised as the fear of failure. So, Brenda, since you brought it up, I'd love for you to start. What, where would you like to take that conversation? <laughs> 
Well, there's um, an example in my life um, that probably can speak to this very well in that um, my husband and I have our own um, business together. Um, he makes furniture and those kinds of things. And we had created basically an informational website back in like 2007, um, actually earlier than that, 2005. And it was around 2009 when we decided that we would like to convert it to a shopping cart um, where people could actually place an order online for a particular piece of furniture, not have to send us an email and, and all of that. Like it would all be automated. So we started the process of it. And I, we were actually paying, I think it was $100 a month um, for this new website that was in production that did not was not visible to the public, in addition to paying for the other website that was. And week after week, month after month, I would have that um, activities on my on my list. And so this this one example really speaks to like every topic, Stacy, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form that we um, had talked about at the beginning of the call. One and specifically to this fear of success or failure, I didn't know how to handle success, and I knew that if we got the shopping cart launched, subconsciously I knew that it would explode our business, and. I wasn't equipped to deal with it. And and so I kept thinking though, consciously thinking that I was it was fear of failure because I, I didn't know how to create a website. I didn't know how to do the data entry. I didn't know how to do all of those things. So it was it was all tangled up in that. And yet what I really came to discover after getting involved with Cheetah B, because that website didn't actually get launched until I got involved with G2B, is that it was really truly fear of failure, fear of success rather than fear of failure. That was going on for me. Yeah. So a lot of people really believe that they don't start things because they're afraid of failing. And it's really kind of funny because by not doing it, they're failing. Exactly. And it was costing us 100 bucks a month <laughs> to fail. Yeah. Yeah. It's failing. Even with achieved success, if you're not doing it because you're afraid of failing at the end, that you're not going to achieve the goal, all your, it's not fear of failure. You're completely in the failure. It is all about fear of success. The mind will always choose what's most comfortable. Always. Because it's had a lot of practice with what's been done in the past. So it's actually energy surge number eight clearing the clutter that's going to support us in being successful if we've not been successful before. People who have had success and believe they can be successful, they repeat activities that make them successful. People who have had failures and have bought into the fact that what they do fails do activities that reinforce the failure. The mind, which is actually the ego, I mean, you know, in psychology they divide it up into three Bs, but we'll just say the primary force behind the mind is the ego. And the ego wants to make ourselves right. That's its job is to preserve our own correctness, our own rightness. So there's been a lot of research done by neuroscientists 
that says it is possible to create new neural pathways, not to fix the old ones. You can't go back and fix an old road in the mind. That road's going to exist. No matter how broken down, how many potholes, how many dead ends, those pathways will always be there. It requires a choice. Going back to personal self-accountability, do I choose to count on myself to create a new superhighway in my mind that says I am right when I am successful? I believe I am successful. Not can be because can be is always waiting for it to happen. But allowing the mind to consider the possibilities of all the times, no matter how small, we've been successful. So let's start with something really small, Brenda. All right? And I'm not saying, I know that you've moved past this, so this is not, I'm not coaching you now. I'm just playing, exploring with you. All right. Sounds good. Did did you go to sleep last night? I did. How many times have you gone to sleep in your life? (laughs) Thousands. Yeah. Do you think you're successful at going to sleep? I am. Oh, look at that. You're very successful. All right. Did you wake up this morning? I did. How many times do you think you've woken up in your life? Thousands. So you're very successful at waking up, correct? I am. Well, cool. All right. So you're very successful. What else do you think you're successful at? Well, um, I'm successful at getting dressed. I'm successful at um, staying married. Um, I've uh, there, There's lots of things. Driving my vehicle, um, getting my websites up. There's, there's many, many things that I'm successful at. So how successful do you feel now? Well, you know what? Just saying them out loud has been um, an energy booster for me. It's a great reminder. Cool. Hopefully, this has proven to be of support to those listening to this call. We are all successful. Maybe not in ways we want to be successful yet. But each and every one of us, if we are alive more than one day on this, well, I was going to even say more than one minute, we're doing things successfully. Buy in. Let your mind buy in to the truth that you are successful. And then notice what starts occurring As a result, Brenda, anything that's showing up for you out of this conversation? Well, what I love about this conversation and and specifically energy surge number six, the power of love, is that um, it is one thing to actually say it silently in my head. There's a whole different energy shift in my body when I speak it out loud to myself. And so I'd like to just encourage um, everyone to, to take some time to really speak over yourself, um, your success. Um, and, and be, you know, it could be as simple little success as, as I got out of bed this morning. And, and just literally say that. Um, and I've, I've really found that that does make a huge difference in, in shifting my energy. Beautiful. All right, well, since we're all successful, let's move on to a problem that might still exist. And the big one of overwhelm. And Brenda, you were the one who added this one to the list. You felt like this might be a conversation for many of us. So love for you to start us off here. Sure. Well, I know that when I first picked up the G2B book and success, uh, the achievement guide, that I 
I really actually went to the achievement guide first because I'm uh, like black and white. There's blanks to fill in. Great. I can get going here and, and, and fill in the blanks. And I got to like page three and I threw up my hands and I'm like, I don't have a clue how to answer these questions. <laughs> and instead of picking up the book going, huh, maybe I should, you know, and there's a show. Oh, there was a show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and there's, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. However, it would have made logical sense. It's like I've got these tools. If this particular tool isn't supporting me, maybe a different tool inside of this little package or program that I have might support me. So in our Achieve Success in 60 Days, we have our, our bonus calls. We have um, the calls that we did. So we have the audio. We have the achievement guide. We have the book. Um, and then, you know, outside of our Achieve Success in 60 Days, we have lots and lots of free things. Um, Stacey, you write a fabulous blog post every week. So there's so many add-on um, tools. So my point is, is that if you get overwhelmed with any one piece of what you're working with, um, if you're in the achievement guide or you're in the book or you're in an audio, take a look at what else is part of your program or, and, and maybe it's just coming at it from a little different angle. Maybe it's just actually taking a rest stop, putting it down, and actually not thinking about it, and then coming back. Like, I make a point of only having a small water bottle on my desk. I have a personal goal of drinking X number of ounces of water a day. However, I don't bring all of that water to my desk. And the reason I don't is, is because it gets me up and out of my office to go away and just get a little break and then come back. And something as simple as just getting up to go get another glass of water can really shift that feeling of overwhelm and I, I can get clear-headed and, and come back. And so that's the beauty of having our Facebook group is, is that reach out, put a post in there, and whether it's Stacy or myself or someone else that responds to you, you don't have to stay in the overwhelm. And and that's, you know, for me, for a long time, it was a real challenge for me to reach out and ask for support or say, hey, I'm feeling this way because it fed into that fear of failure and and I didn't want people to know I wasn't getting it and, and that kind of thing. So, again, um, I think that any time I've ever asked a question, it has always been supportive of someone else in the group um, and probably many, many more people than ever put any um, comment on there. So I just like, that's what I would like to say about overwhelm and, and why it was important for me to bring that into the conversation today, Stacey. Well, I'm so glad that you did. I appreciate it very much. And I'm sure that it, well, I'm not sure it, it would have helped me early on if I had understood what you have discovered yourself. Overwhelm, for me, goes right back to should. Again, I only get overwhelmed when I go into fear that I'm not doing what I should be doing. Pure and simple. When I allow myself to breathe, and take a moment when everything's coming at me and I use my chi generating rituals. So energy surge number seven. I say a prayer, ask God for extra support. I grab a glass of water. Friend, you talked about that. I get away from the computer, I walk around, I play with the dogs for a minute. Seems very counterintuitive when I'm in this place of feeling like there's already so much to do to just stop and do nothing. And I'm going to say 
that that is the, the oxymoron. When everything seems like it's closing in, the only way to make it stop is to create space. And breathe. First and foremost. Because when we're breathing, the mind stops racing. And usually in overwhelm, what's happening is people are breathing very shallowly, very fast. They're not even aware of their breath. But they've gone into a place of fear when there's nothing actually to be afraid of. It's all in the mind. It's all made up. But then the body goes into overwhelm, the physical body, and it acts like fright or flight response kicks in, which wears us out, makes us more tired, makes us feel more overwhelmed. Is this making sense, Brenda? Have you ever had that experience? Absolutely. Um, I know someone who realized that um, she was doing an online um, degree for college and discovered that she was holding her breath every time that she was into a, specifically into a subject that um, was challenging for her. And um, so we've had some detailed conversations about it. And after we had those conversations, I realized that I was catching myself holding my breath and hadn't even had a clue that I was doing it. So, yeah, it is, um, it is definitely something that... Um, I have noticed happens and um, the importance of getting up and, and just moving around and or taking that deep breath. Yeah, absolutely. Very beneficial. If, if moving around, yes. And I'm going to say it all starts with remembering to breathe. Is when we remember to breathe and the mind and the spirit catch up with each other, and can look and say, oh, it's just a lot of emails. Or, oh, it's just a few people asking me for something all at the same time. Okay, I'm still safe. I'm still protected. I can think clearly. I can make choices. I can schedule for success. So for me, energy surge number seven, those rituals, number one, breathing, leads me to being able to organize my time using energy surge number 10, the solution process, to be able to decide what I will do and what I won't do very carefully from what's going to move me closer towards my be-all. That's the purpose of energy search number 10, the solution process, or we call it the decision process. What decision will I make that will give me peace of mind, peace of spirit? So those are the answers to how to deal with overwhelm. The first is breathe. Energy surge number seven, a chi generating ritual. Pray after you breathe. Get a glass of water after you breathe. Meditate after you breathe. Laugh after you breathe. Clear some space. And we clear space with breathing. Then determine what you will do, what you won't do, using energy search number 10. And then the things you will do, put them on your calendar so that you know you actually have time for those. And just say no to everything else that is not going to move you closer towards your meals. Anything more about overwhelm, Brenda, before we move on? Well, I would just like to add a little tip in here that came in really handy for me because one of the things that came up for me about remembering to breathe was 
I was challenged to remember to breathe. <laughs> so I actually um, put little alarms in my phone um, that would just go off, and I just had the reminder, breathe. And, and so literally until I got to the point of where I wasn't holding my breath anymore, that was a little tip that really helped me was just to put some random reminders into my phone just as a check-in to go, have I been breathing lately or have I been holding my breath? That's fantastic. I love that. Okay. So shitting on ourselves, which is something we've talked about quite a bit already in this call. So many different ways to allow ourselves to should all over ourselves. To the point where in the same way we may not realize we're not breathing, we probably not realizing how many shoulds we're dumping on ourselves in every minute, let alone every hour. It's the practice of becoming aware of what we're saying to ourselves. That's energy surge number five and energy surge number six, the power of love. From my experience, I should on myself a lot less when I go ape from energy surge number six. When I do the appreciation perspective experience every night before I go to sleep, Acknowledging myself for what I did accomplish during the day. Stacey, I acknowledge you for taking your supplements. Stacey, I acknowledge you for doing the prize drawing for your team. Stacey, I acknowledge you for putting your clothes away within 24 hours that they came out of the dryer. Stacey, I acknowledge you for doing today's big bonus call and addressing very honestly the challenges and issues you've had through life. That's what it looks like for me to go ape on myself. And when I put in, before I fall asleep, these appreciations for how much I appreciate me, all the successes I've had, I wake up raring to go, enthusiastic to get started. My brain continues or my mind continues to look for ways to appreciate me through the day. I no longer tell myself I should be doing this and I should be doing that. There, I have eliminated the shoulds in my life. So Brenda, how about you? Um, do you use, I'm going to come back to using energy search number five in a minute, but what about going eight to eliminate shoulds? Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that I, I do use going ape absolutely to answer that question. And one of the things that I had a challenge with, just like in remembering um, to breathe and having and putting the alerts in my phone, is one of the ways that I started to identify where I was shooting on myself was with my paper calendar. I started to notice that there were certain activities where I'd write them down on a particular day so I had scheduled them for success and then I would either not have allowed enough time or I would make other choices and I started to see a pattern developing uh, around certain activities that I would continually move from week to week I, I, I might get them done occasionally or it might be a bigger project that I just kept moving forward from week to week and so having that visual of Seeing where I was moving things allowed me to stop and and really ask some pertinent questions about the project and was there something about the project that was causing me pain or um, you know was it uh, asking myself is it moving me closer to my be all and and those kinds of questions when I noticed that pattern of of a particular item on my calendar moving forward so because I, I think that for me, that was a big part of the conversation is like, well, I don't think I'm shitting on myself. And then you and I would have a conversation. It would be, you'd ask me some pertinent questions like, well, how come you didn't get it done? Or why did you choose not to get it done? I mean, you had really 
great insightful questions that you asked me. And that's what got me to start looking at what I was seeing happening on my calendar. And that's why I love a paper calendar, because I can see that pattern of, oh, I chose to move it forward. Versus if I'm using an electronic calendar, I can just move it forward and there's no tracking that I actually moved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's in the moment. What's going to move me closer towards my be all or further away? And then there's no more conversation about what I should or shouldn't do. A exactly. should is an obligation. That's what it is. It's an obligation. Obligations weigh us down. They weigh us down. They lower our energy. They contribute to every other issue. Why would we want to put obligations on ourselves? There are enough people out there that if we really wanted shoulds and obligations, we could just ask them to put some on us. They'd be very well, they happy. really do it. <laughs> yeah, yes. in some cases they yep. really do it without asking permission. <laughs> Absolutely they do. I do not need to you know, I just really do not need to have any more on me. So let's look at energy surge. Number five. Hermosely powerful agreement. We usually think about these in relationship to conversations we have with others. At the first conversation is with ourselves. The very first conversations we have before we talk to anybody else, think about it. Before you can respond to somebody, don't you first have to talk to yourself about what you're going to respond even if it's instantaneous? Yeah, baby, of course you do. So that's where it begins, is what am I saying to myself? So if somebody asks me to do something, if the first response in my head is, quote, unquote, I should do it, there's a clue, a big friggin' clue that we're not being impeccable with ourselves. Brenda, does that make sense? Absolutely. It was um, a key factor for me in being able to start recognizing, you know, initially until I got to that point of being able to ask myself questions, because I realized that I was just literally numb to how I was feeling. Like I didn't allow myself to acknowledge how I was feeling. And so that's why seeing it, the pattern happen and being exposed on my paper calendar then opened me up to being able to feel safe, to be able to start asking myself some of the questions about, you know, is this moving me further closer to my be-all, those kinds of questions. And then starting to have some dialogue with um, my husband, for example, with, you know, our joint business, that kind of thing, um, or friends or family members. So it was, um, it's absolutely right spot on for me, Stacey. Okie doke. Now let's go into energy search number five. And impeccability. What do we say to ourselves? Do we say before we respond to someone, will that move me closer to my be all or further away? That's a conversation to have with ourselves before we respond. And that's where taking time to breathe really comes in handy. Saying to someone, give me a moment to think. I just want to have a conversation with myself for a second. But let's say there's no one else there. Let's say 
you have an agreement to get some rest. And all of a sudden, an email comes in. And I'm going to tell you, this was one that would do, I would be just getting ready to close off the computer. And an email would come in. And I think to myself, I should just go ahead and respond to it now. And then, you know, they get an answer right away. And I don't have to deal with it tomorrow. I have to think about it. I have to deal with it. Well, that was not me stepping in and saying what's going to move me closer towards my deal. Getting some sleep now, keeping my agreement when I'm going to turn off the computer and get quiet and rest. Or is it going to move me closer to respond to the email? If it was going to move me closer to responding to respond to the email, then great. But you can imagine that my response and the energy with that response is going to be different than if I'm coming from I should respond to it. Right, Brenda? Probably oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I touched on a nerve there. Go ahead. Well, I, I was actually thinking back to your example with the post office. And, you know, if you're if you're going to the post office and mailing out of obligation uh, to get it done and get it out the door, the energy with which the person receives it is probably going to be closer to the energy that you sent it off with than if you were really enthusiastic and excited about going to the post office and mailing it to them. So um, it's that same way um, with you know, responding by email. It's just the example of something tangible with somebody touching it. Um, for some people, might be a little bit easier to grasp versus, um, you know. I've just learned that there is a lot of energy and how I read what's typed on a screen, be it in an email or on a Facebook post, can shift how you know and and i i sometimes wonder am i am i responding and reading this based upon my current energy and how i'm feeling or is this the space that the person was in when they they sent it off <laughs> it's um it, it's it's more tangible than i think um i give credit for yeah it absolutely is very tangible um, and so that's where being impeccable and self-accountable comes in. So I choose, I say I'm going to choose to count on myself. Then what do I say to myself to support that? That's where the energy lies. And so I'm going to give myself attention first before I respond to anybody, which leads us to that problem of how do we stop putting other people and children first? Now, I will say that I do have a rule that children do come first in many, many circumstances. They do not have the ability in many circumstances to take care of their own needs until they're a certain age. Legally, there is a commitment in this country and many others that a parent is responsible for a child um, and their well-being until a certain age. So, yes, children are going to have more quote-unquote emergencies than people over the age of 18. And even so, it is possible to choose to schedule for success so that those emergencies can be minimized if that's what we say we choose to be accountable for. So, Brenda, you've got two children, and I know that you came to this, you didn't use this necessarily when they were young, but those two children still are in your home, and you've made a lot of shifts and changes. Absolutely. Um, Is there yes, anything have, you'd like to share about that? I, I do. I have two young adult children living with me and um, creating agreements with them and letting them know 
um, what I'm choosing to count on myself for and how I interact with them and the speed with which I respond to them um, has made an enormous difference in um, in how we're able to um, interact with each other and communicate. And, and it has supported us in, in shifting from that parent-child of, you know, I'm responsible for them to being, you know, cohabitants in the same household and, and having independent lives and, and yet um, still being very much interconnected. Um, so it's, it's um, really helped me in shifting out of that. It's easier if a child moves out and they go off to college and, and that kind of thing. And, and so when they're, you know, still in that, um, you know, they're still in your home, um, it was easier for me to keep slipping back into that role of I'm the parent, you need to listen to me versus, you know, putting ourselves more on that equal footing. And, you know, I'm not always successful. And and because we've got this, you know, agreement, um, I have an agreement. I've made a request of them to let me know if I'm stepping over the line. And, um, you know, if I'm, I'm pushing those boundaries of going back to that parent-child relationship versus that parent-to-young adult relationship. So it's, it's been really valuable in our household. Yeah, and it, hasn't, it didn't come easy, right? No, it I did mean, not. It, <laughs> Definitely some tears say, I, and I, yelling. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. You exactly. know, it, 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 it took a little bit. So when they're younger... Okay, and maybe they're going to need more attention than when they're older. However, we often will treat <clears throat> other people like they require as much attention as a child. Like they must receive immediate attention. Why? Really ask him, why? Why would we let other people dominate our time? It, it doesn't actually make sense. And that's where saying to others, give me a moment to think. I'll be back to you in 24 hours or 48 hours. <clears throat> Eliminates overwhelm. Eliminate should. Gets us back to thinking about our accountability rather than knee-jerk reactions. So, Brenda, how do you feel about that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm in a group where we have an agreement to respond to something within 24 hours. And it has been so empowering to be able to know that I do not have to feel, you know, what if I, if I come across the message at, you know, 10 p.m. at night, I might not be at my highest energy level or thinking as clearly as I could be if I were responding at 9 a.m. the next day. So just putting a note in there saying, hey, saw the post, I'll respond by this time, it gives me the space to look at my calendar going, I, I can respond in the 24-hour time frame. Maybe I can't. Um, and just stopping, though, and, and taking that time, yeah, absolutely. And and then it, you know, for me, it, it takes away that perfectionism. I mean, I used to be the, the person that would never let a phone call go to voicemail. It didn't matter if I was with a client or if I was in the middle of a conversation with my child or my husband or whoever it was. I, I would interrupt it to take because it was like that person calling was more important than the person standing in front of me. And that's so not the case. And it's just been really powerful to be able to make those choices. And as 
we start to come to the end of the call, last one, changing goals. That may be what stops us in our tracks is that we had one goal and then all of a sudden, 24 hours later, there's another goal and another goal. And so we get literally stopped, blocked, because then we're not sure which goal to choose. And Brenda, I know this is one you specifically wanted to chat about, so I'm going to give you the the go-ahead first. All right. Thank you. Well, when we first created the um, Achieve Success in 60 Days, I was fully participating, and I'm still fully participating. And what I found is, is that, well, I started out with this one goal, and... I was really excited to to put that goal into the group and and receive support from people. And then probably about I don't know, it was maybe about 20 days in um to the first 60 days there was something else that came up and it became very clear to me that that goal that I had originally started with in the achieve success in 60 days was going to require a rest stop and that there was a new goal that came up. And I probably sat with that information for another 15 to 20 days going, well, I started with this goal. I can't change this goal. I'm, that's, I'm one of the creators of this program. What's it going to look like if I, if I change the goal that I can, I'm, I'm working on inside of this program? <laughs> And, you know, so, I mean, I was doing every one of the things that we talked about um, today on the call. I was, you know, that perfectionism, well, that's the goal I started with. I've got to keep going on it. And and what's it going to look like, um, you know? And and so all of those things were part of it. And, and what I really came to realize when I stepped back and, and took that breath and, and really took the time to think about it is, you know what, if something else comes up that's going to move me closer to my be-all than what I'm currently working on right now, it is in my best and highest good to put that project on hold or to not give it as much attention. I maybe don't have to put it into a full rest stop. However, important for me to put more focus and attention right now on this particular area or activity because that's going to move me even more rapidly towards my achievement of my be-all. And so I just felt it was really important for people to understand that, number one, you can be working on multiple goals at the same time, and number two, it's okay to change those goals. And just because the program says achieve success in 60 days, it doesn't mean it's a one-time shot. I keep seeding new goals into the program all the time, and I and and each of those goals is is moving towards achievement much more rapidly than if I were attempting to do them um, without the tools that are um, part of the Achieve Success in 60 Days program, Stacy. Yep, absolutely, and I think you said it just perfectly. We're going to leave it there. So it is my pure hope, contentment that what we've explored today would have given each of you who chooses to listen some peace, some support, some joy, and being able to do it your way any way you can. Brenda, anything as we go out on this third big bonus? Well, I would just like to appreciate and show a little love to each of you that has chosen to um, participate in this program. Uh, It has been a pure joy and will continue to be a pure joy to be um, here to be of support to each of you. And I just encourage each of you to... um, Love on yourselves for where you're at in the program today and um, each and every day going forward from here. Be energized. Be powerful. 
Keep your eye on your BL. We see you being successful. Take care, everyone. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.